everyone, welcome to another episode of Everybody Blurt. Each week we chat to a different expert, giving the professional lowdown on depression, well-being and support available. Think of this podcast as a helping hand through the often scary world of mental health, from eating well and getting good night's sleep to being there for someone who's struggling. We'll cover the practical stuff as well as the emotional, so settle down with a cuppa and let's get started. So today on Everybody Blurt, I'm joined by newly elected MP for Plymouth Moorview, Johnny Mercer. Hi Johnny. Hi, how are you doing? Not bad. How are you? Good, Jane. Good. Um, so I wanted to ask how you're finding it now that you're as a newly elected MP. How I'm finding it in Parliament. It's, um, it's, I keep getting lost. It's a massive place. Uh, there is a, you know, there's a, there's a whole load of history here. It's a big organisation, it's a big institution, but you know, there's also really, it's a big platform really for issues that I really care about and you know, we've seen that already with, um, you know, I spoke a little bit in my maiden speech about mental health and about uh, veterans care and looking after our veterans properly and it shows that, you know, it gives you that platform to talk about things that really matter to you. So it's an immense privilege to be here. It is busy. It is really hard work. Um, but it's, it's ever so rewarding. I was going to mention your maiden speech, which I'm going to link to in the show notes because it was amazing. Um, you made it very, very clear that your mental health awareness and support is something that you feel um, passionately about. Yeah. Can you tell us where that passion comes from? Yeah, it's just because I've seen people suffer with mental health in the past and um, and I think that uh, one thing I've always found quite puzzling is the sort of disparity in treatment between mental health and physical health. Um, it's not something that I particularly understand but you've got to overlay it onto a background of, you know, 100 years ago we were shooting soldiers for having shell shock. So we've come a long way but we have so much further to go. And, you know, and I know that there are people of a certain generation, even within my family, who just sort of don't believe in mental health. You know, And, and I, I think it's quite shocking that we, we have this situation continuing in 2015. Um, mental health problems are just so debilitating. They affect one in four of us. And um, I, just, I don't think it gets anywhere near um, the funding or the... Um, you know, the, the sort of emphasis on it that it deserves. Um, and I think, you know, as a, as a government, as a country, as a society, we should do an awful lot more. And so that's, that's why I, I chose that subject. Also, I do, you know, I do go through these. There is this ridiculous stigma around mental health that, you know, for a lot of us, it's just really hard to understand. You know, and so I like almost like the challenge really of, of, um, of taking that on because it's, you know, it's just crazy. How do you think we'll smash the stigma? Um, talking about it a lot more, um, about putting it much further up the agenda, um, about, um, there's a number of ways, you know, I've, I've looked at this drop-in centre I'm trying to establish in Plymouth, I mean I was chatting to Plymouth Mind yesterday, and, you know, just just the sort of emphasis on it, but also the, the publicity you can bring to it, just so that people feel that it's just a another problem to have a mental health problem, it's not anything weird, it's not um, that did. it's like having a broken leg or it's have, like having a broken toe and when you've got a mental health problem if you take some medicine for it it's like having tonsillitis you take medicine for that and it you know it needs to be seen exactly the same way um, and we need to work hard to get there. I think from my experience um, it's so astonishing that it's actually quite common you know one in four um, yeah. yet you, you don't feel that way when you're struggling because of the stigma. Well you feel exactly, so, exactly. Yeah, you feel there's competing factors in there when you feel unwell it it feels very much like a you know a bit of bit of a cloud, and you feel feel quite isolated, and um, you know, and it can be incredibly an incredibly vulnerable time for people. Um, and so then you compound that by this 
crazy stigma in society. It's just a really uncomfortable place to be in. It's uncomfortable for me looking, you know, looking out trying to create a better Plymouth in what we're trying to do. It's uncomfortable that this sort of situation exists. One in four of our my constituents, essentially. You know, and I've seen the other side of it. Where I, go out, I go out with the police, at, you know, before the election, I did it once a month. Obviously, I'm settling into this job, but in September, I'll start doing that again. And you see, you know, at some people's most vulnerable times, so between 1 5 in the morning, 1 6 in the morning, most people are asleep. They don't even, even recognise this world exists for a lot of people. For some people, that is their night, night after night. They struggle with these things. And, you know, so. According to the Adult Mental Health Needs Assessment for Plymouth, the mental health needs of Plymouth are estimated to be over 20% higher than would be expected for a city of this size, indicating that the city has a high burden of mental ill health. What plans do you have to address this? You mentioned a drop-in centre. Yeah, so my, my main plan around this is... Something that works. So what I've done is I've looked around what works in not only other parts in the UK but also in Europe and the US. Fantastic modelling Trieste in Italy, which is a 24-hour drop-in centre. There's, you know, there's other things built into it. You know, very much the, the psychiatric care is, is sort of meshed in against it. But the fundamental thing is that they've seen massive drops in their mental health um, conditions being presented within the city. Um, and so I'd like to establish something like that. So it comes back to those people I was talking about at their most vulnerable time helping our most vulnerable people at our most vulnerable time. And so, you know, yes, some will want to go to the drop-in centre, and it's not going to be an all-singing, all-dancing solution to everything we do. It's just going to be a place to go, be a signpost organisation, if you like. But sometimes, for, for, for some people who are struggling with mental health problems, it's, it's, it's a sort of knowing it's there. That it's, you know, you don't get that fear when you're leaving the doctors and you think, you know, if, if this goes wrong, then, uh, you know, I, I'm going to struggle to get back in somewhere that will understand. It's almost knowing it's there at, at any hour. Um, it's um, yeah, it's really important. What role do you think um, peer support plays? Well, it's, it's a huge role because you know there's two things there. There's one the the actual sort of physical health in terms of um, you know being there for for people at their difficult times. But the other you know the other side of it is this this stigma and making it normal. You know just normalising the process like like having toothache, like having a broken arm. Um, a lot of that comes from peer, and it comes from peer-to-peer -peer groups and society and things like that. And yeah, so there's a there's a, there's a challenge to be had there as well. You know, and it, it falls under the the bracket really of smashing the stigma. And I guess it would be something that would be incorporated into the drop-in centre you've got planned. Yes, yeah, precisely. You know, and it's about drop-in centre is about a number of things. You know, a couple of things we talked about already, but also it's about normalising mental health and becoming, you know, so people don't feel like they are going somewhere, you know, to some little house around the corner where sort of, yeah, it's a token effort, you know, we don't, you know, it's actually right, this is a mental health drop-in centre, it's okay to go to a mental health drop-in centre, um, and, you know, and, and in that way it plays a role in normalising that within society, and if I can do that in Plymouth, we can start to expand it if it, if it works, which I, you know, hope it will. So I saw a statistic of the day which was really frightening and it's from the World Health Organization. They predict that depression will be the number one global disease burden by 2030, surpassing heart disease and cancer. Why do you think mental health provision is taking so long to catch up with need? Um, I think a lot you have to look at where we started um, and you look at the stigmas around mental health. I mean, it's only 100 years ago. Like I said at the beginning, you know, we were we we had soldiers with um, what we would term post-traumatic stress today, who were unable to function for one reason or another, and, and these guys were being executed for for cowardice. You know, so we've come from a 
um, a pretty dark place. And I think that's, you know, and, and, and physical health never, ha never had that because it's, you know, it's there for everybody to see. It's, you know, people can see if you've got an infection or if you've got... So, you know, this will start into different places and mental health is forever catching up. But in my view, it hasn't caught up, well, anywhere near and it's still not going fast enough. So, um, you know, that's where that's where my fight is. Is there a sense that mental health will become more of a government government uh, yeah, priority? Absolutely. I mean, in in the last budget, you know, I hate to sort of get political and all this, but in the last budget, okay, we saw for the first time an uplift in the services and the funding for children's mental health. That hasn't happened for twenty years, and the reason we could do that is because we are now running a healthy economy that allows us to budget for things like this, um, and so, you know. I, People get wrapped around, you know, get get very sort of tribal, if you like, with, with these issues. But the fundamental thing is, if you can't um, run an economy with, uh, you know, balanced economy, you could, there is no money to look after these people. And so, you know, you can come in, you know, very much as, as the Labour Party do, and they come in and they say, yes, we must, we must get more in welfare, more this, more that. But when it's gone, the people, the only people that really suffer every time are those right at the bottom. Um, and, and it's completely misguided, this whole sort of, you know, we look after the people thing from the Labour Party. And, you know, and it's, um, and that's why, that's why I am where I am. I think, you know, with a healthy economy, we can invest more in things like this. And, and I'm afraid, you know, that, that uh, budget just before the election was absolutely spot on and proved this point. Um, I was wondering, what kind of reaction have you had from other MPs following your maiden speech? In, in what way? In that you, because you made it so clear that um, campaigning for mental health awareness and support was something you were completely and utterly passionate about. Really good, really good. Look, there's, you know, there, there is um, people have identified the need, um, but it, it's it's it, it is also a complex problem, and mm. um, you know, but there's there's a real groundswell of support. I do think as we move through, I said this on Radio Four the other night, as we get. Young, new generations and younger MPs coming through. I do think that helps. I do think that has a role to play. I do think there is a general generational aspect to this. Yeah, I completely agree with that. I think that if our, you know, our parents' generation, it was just something that was never spoken about, was it? Um, I mean, you look at the way mental health patients used to get treated. I mean, it's, 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 I'm embarrassed, really. You know. And, oh, it's uh, horrendous. Uh, and a shame the way we used to treat people with mental health. That's all for this episode of Everybody Blurts. We hope you found it interesting, thought-provoking and maybe a bit useful too. We're here every week for open, honest discussions about mental health and we'd love you to join us again. Make sure you subscribe via iTunes so you don't miss us. See you next time.